Well, we're already four days into Lent, so if you haven't figured out what you're giving up, it, it's time. Uh, it, it's never too late, but it's one thing that we do for Lent. We decide, I'm going to give up certain things. And I always encourage people, well, don't just give up stuff. Also, add some stuff. Because if you just give up stuff, you might just go back to doing that again when Easter comes. Like me, I kind of give up chocolate. But then when Easter comes, Russell Stover cream eggs, as many as I can get. So if you want to know what to get Father Sean, the priest that has everything for Easter, milk chocolate with vanilla cream, dark chocolate with raspberry, or dark chocolate maple. Those are my favorites. I'll, I'll take the, the strawberry too, caramel, whatever. It's probably not the coconut, but Russell Stover cream eggs, not the Cadbury ones. Those are dumb. Russell Stover cream eggs. Okay, so yeah, so I give up chocolate for Lent. Big deal, because when Easter comes, whoo, cream egg binge. And like, okay, what was the point? Well, I mean, yeah, sure, we exercise discipline for a little bit of time and strengthen our wills, sure. But I, you know, I, I like to add things too. Like I'm, I'm trying to get up uh, at five every morning, and as soon as I get out of bed, and like I, I turn off the alarm clock, and right away I jump out and I make my bed. Like literally, why I, I, I almost fall over, but I'm gonna fall over making my bed and get right going. So there's something I can add that hopefully when Easter comes, I, hey, I think I'll just keep doing that. So we have things we add, we have things we give up. The problem with all this uh, giving up stuff for Lent is that ultimately we choose it. And we're going to choose things that are just difficult enough, probably, but not anything that would be too terribly difficult. We'll give stuff up, but not anything that would cause, like, real crisis of suffering. Who would do that to themselves voluntarily? Rather, I think the penance, the suffering, the, the difficulty that is most hard for us is that which we don't choose. The suffering that just comes to us unasked for, unchosen, and very much unwelcome. Notice that we have something in common then with Jesus. We always read at the beginning of Lent here of Jesus going into the desert to be tempted. Now we might think that, well, Jesus chose to do that. But actually, if, if we look at the gospel today from Mark, it says very clearly, no, the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. Now that, that's like, you know, a cowboys driving their cattle, that same kind of idea, or a shepherd driving their sheep before them, or a, a wind driving things. It, it doesn't sound completely voluntary. It sounds like Jesus was forced, or at least shoved, out into the desert. After all, who, in his humanity at least, would want to go spend 40 days in the desert with no food or water and, let's, let's add, be tempted by Satan? That just does not sound very good. So Jesus, too, was driven. What are the sufferings in our life right now that we do not choose. I think of the, the sufferings today in my tribunal work, in the marriage tribunal. I see all the time the suffering of one spouse abandoned by the other. There's suffering, who would choose that? And yet there's often the spouse left behind saying, what do I do? I didn't choose this. And yet the other spouses run off. Or certainly with COVID, we see I'm out of work. I lost my job. I didn't choose this. 
Or I'm sick, I lost my health. Or my, my children or my family members or my friends, they lost their health. They didn't choose that. These are all great sufferings and add whatever you want to from COVID from this past year. How many sufferings have been forced upon us and we did not choose them. You know, this time last year when COVID was just starting, I, I thought last year I referred to it like the, the lentiest Lent we ever Lented because we just had to give up all kinds of things, including like being with our friends and family or seeing our loved ones. Who would choose to give that up? And yet, in all these sufferings that maybe we don't choose, those are the, the real ones, I think, that can really bring about some of the greatest growth. And even if we look at the sufferings of COVID, there have been some things like, I, I treasure my, my family more, those relationships. I'd like to share with you uh, today something that really brought this home for me, the, the sufferings we don't choose. I spent last night um, out on the streets of Kansas City with Project Uplift. You might have uh, seen an article in 11 about this uh, a week or so ago. Um, Project Uplift uh, is ministry to the, the homeless in Kansas City and literally go and we go out in vans and, and bring clothing, food, anything that's needed just you know, out to the, the overpasses, the camps, where, wherever people are. My, my good friend Ross Desert uh, runs Project Uplift and uh, he was featured in the, the Leaven and I, I told him, Ross, if you, you know, whenever you need somebody, I, I need to be in touch with the actual poor and homeless, not just praying for them and things. So keep me on your list and you know, he'll, he'll text me. He's like, hey, I got a spot tonight, you wanna go? And so I got one of those texts this week and Ross said, hey, I, I need a hot chocolate guy Saturday night. You good? And it happens that Father Mark had the masses last night. And so, yeah, I'm there. And so um, talk about suffering that's not chosen. How many of you would choose to be homeless for Lent? Yeah, probably not very many. And yet when I was out, it's, it's always the case that when you go and you're with the poor and the homeless, you think you're going to be a blessing to them by bringing them stuff. It always ends up working the other way. They're always a blessing to me because they, they help me not just be thankful for the, the stuff that, that I've got, which, which that does happen, but just thankful for people who show me what it really means to, to be blessed. I was, I was giving food to a man last night and he was waiting to get some clothes and I was talking with him and I'm like, how are you doing this week? He's like, man, I'm blessed. And, and he's got like ratty clothes and hardly got shoes and probably hasn't had a meal since the last time the uplift truck came by. And he's like, I'm blessed. I'm like, brother, why are, you, why are you blessed? What's making you blessed today? He's like, well, it was a beautiful day. And keep in mind yesterday, it was 30 degrees, but it had been like minus 10. So, and I saw this all last night with the homeless, like, oh, the weather, it's so awesome now. I'm like, it's 30 degrees and they're living out there, but compared to what it was, 30's pretty good. So like, this is a blessing. It's like 30 degrees warmer. And I'm, I'm blessed because I got hot chocolate now. I'm like, wow, I just brought the guy hot chocolate. I mean, how many of us are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna give up chocolate for Lent. Here's a guy that the only warm thing he's got in his hand for the last probably 48 hours is the little hot chocolate that I brought him. Or I thought as we were getting ready to go out, we, we have people bring stuff to the warehouse and it gets sorted. Uh, a car drove up, two elderly women who had just been out on a shopping spree. And they, they opened up the back of their car and literally it was packed with clothes. 
and, and not just stuff they're getting rid of. They had gone to the store and bought like 30 coats, nice brand new coats that we unloaded and, and Ross was there. He's like, man, those are going out tonight. Don't even put those on the shelf. We're just, we'll load up all the vans with all the coats we've got. Hold them on your laps if we need to, because we're going to get rid of all of them tonight. And, and we did. And I thought about that as those two old ladies who, who couldn't go out to actually be with the poor, but they, they brought the stuff or the people that wrote the checks to pay for the food or the people who cooked the food. That same coat that I unloaded from those two women who didn't get to see it, but I did. About an hour later, I was out on the street and there's this, this woman who all she had was a, a sweater on. It was just shivering. And I got to get that coat out and we put that coat on her and got her some warm clothes and some food and stopped shivering and she was gonna be all right last night. I mean, these are people who live night to night and need help to make it the next, you know, 24, 48 hours. These are people that if you wanted to say suffering, talk about unwanted suffering, no one would want to be in this position. And yet the constant response was, I'm blessed. You know, it's hard, it's struggling. I mean, it was so cold, people died. Like if Uplift doesn't get out there and bring stuff or the other people don't, people will die. Talk about putting things in perspective. I, I met one woman who, in talking with her, I realized she had been the, the manager or one of the managers of one of the big major restaurants in the Kansas City area that I go to all the time. A, a few months ago, I would have seen her behind the counter, you know, running the place. Last night, I, I met her in a forest by her tent where she lives near a, an overpass. Lost her job, drug problems, now she's homeless. And so many people like that, this Lent, that have lost their jobs, they're, they're scared to go to the shelters because of COVID there. Talk about unwanted suffering. And yet, these people blessed me. It made me think of, oh, the, the little things I choose to give up. Wow, I think of all the things these people have given up. And yet they, they know something that I just can't hardly get on my own. They know what it is to be needy, to know that they need help, and to be thankful for each day. See, the problem is all of us are needy. We think, oh, people that are homeless, they're needy. Uh, they have physical needs, sure. We, we are every bit as needy and probably more needy. If you slept in a bed last night, you're in the top 1% richest people in the whole world. When we have needs, deep needs, the problem is we have the financial resources to cover it up. If we have needs, we'll, we'll medicate the suffering by binging Netflix, or we're gonna go out to the store and, and buy some, some food, or we're gonna, we're gonna turn our, our heat up so we don't have to feel the cold. We're gonna do all kinds of things. If we get needy, we're gonna try to hide it. When you're homeless, there is no hiding the need. That truck, we pull up in a middle of nowhere and, and our leader says, don't worry, they'll come. We lay on the horn, you know, in the middle of the night and here, here come people up from all over to, to get what they need to survive that night. They know that they're needy and they are so thankful when those needs are met. We try to hide our neediness. So maybe this Lent, sure, do all the give things up, but I bet the thing we most 
need to focus on this Lent is how needy we really are. Stop trying to cover over and, and hide the need with other stuff. Rather, focus this Lent on the suffering that comes that you don't want. That's the hard stuff. Where is the things I don't want that I cannot change? Instead of giving up chocolate, I mean, do that, fine. But focus on that. Where's the suffering that I don't want, that I am running away from, that I refuse to acknowledge my need? And then just humbly fall on the ground before God and say, Lord, a needy one stands before you. I that speak am he. I need you, Lord. It's one of my favorite Christian songs by the contemporary artist Matt Maurer. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. I just fall on my knees and pray that prayer because I need God. And I am thankful, thankful that I know that I need God. And I'm thankful for all the homeless people I met last night who were some of the most wonderful people. They help me know how much it is good to be in need. Our verse today says that man does not live by bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you're homeless, bread is pretty darn important. But these people didn't have a lot of bread. But what they did have, they shared with me, and that is their, their joy, their blessedness, to know that they're needy and that there are people that care. You and I are needy. We have all kinds of suffering we can't possibly handle on our own. But are we willing to come out of our, our hiding, to come out of the forest, to come out from the underpass where we're living and say, God, here I am. I can't do it without you. One by one, they came to our truck and the beautiful words that came from the truck, what do you need? What can I get you tonight? Well, I need a, I need a hat. I, I need some gloves. Do you have any pants? I, my, I got holes in my pants. Over and over from the uplift truck, what do you need? What can we get you? If we're willing to admit our need like those homeless people, God is saying the same thing to us. What do you need? My son, my daughter, what can I give you? How can I help you? Let God send the suffering and then know that he is there to meet your every need. And if you know that, you know the secret, a secret that last night the homeless people of Kansas City taught me. We're all needy. Will we come out and ask for what we really need?